This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Lisa Swiftney. Well, welcome everyone to episode number 16 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today we have Good Neighbor Nicole Ryrick with Prosperity Wealth Strategies. How are you doing today, Nicole? Hi, Lisa. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Great. Well, thank you very much. Why don't we start off by telling us a little bit about your business? Absolutely. So, Lisa, I founded Prosperity Wealth Strategies about four years ago, and the firm is an independent boutique registered investment advisory firm, and that means we do financial planning and wealth management for individuals and families. That is amazing. How did you get started doing all of this? Yeah, so I I sort of stumbled upon the wealth management field. Uh, I'm an attorney by background, and I thought that I was going to practice law, but uh, life, I always tell my clients, and it applies to me too, life never goes according to plan. It takes a lot of different twists and turns. Um, So my journey led me into uh, something very different, obviously through a few iterations, but I I did some time um, working in a a trust company. I did some time working as a wealth management consultant for a regional broker dealer. And ultimately, I found that my heart really lies in developing a, a continuing relationship with clients and helping them on their journey to peace and prosperity. So uh, that's that's why I started the firm. And I guess I felt that wealth management should look a little different. So would it be okay if I told you more about that? Absolutely. Tell us. All right. Great. So uh, interestingly enough, some studies say that by the year 2030, women will control 70% of the wealth in this country which is pretty remarkable. Uh, And I will say there were times in my career where I felt quite misunderstood. So I couldn't imagine what a woman investor must be going through. So I founded the firm to help women find their peace and prosperity through financial independence and do this by confronting their fears head on and leaning into their values. Interestingly enough, though, I'll tell you and your listeners a little secret, and that is that a lot of men really like the approach, too. So the decision um, was a difficult one, but I actually love working with men as well. They like the approach. It resonates with them, too. So so it's not just for women. That is good. I do like women helping other women. And I will tell you, a mentor of mine years ago had a conversation with my son, who Um, did go to law school. And he told my son, he said, go to law school, get your law degree. You don't have to practice law, but that degree will open up many doors for you. I'm so happy to hear that he received that advice because I will say I was one of the few from my class that took a different path. And in the beginning, uh, it certainly felt uncomfortable. It felt different because all of my peers were going in one direction and I seemingly was going in a very different direction. So I'm really happy to hear that students are being encouraged to explore that degree for a variety of different reasons. I will say uh, going to law school taught me how to be a really great critical thinker. And I'm sure it did the same for your son too. Yes. So that is great. Well, tell us, you told a little bit of us a little bit about how you started and what your passion is. Now tell us some, um, 
like any myths or misconceptions. People talk, you hear about people hearing about financial planning. What do you want to tell the listeners that you feel might be a myth that people believe that isn't true? Well, I wish this podcast was an hour because I have a lot of them. I'll cover some of the the, the most common ones, though. How's that? Sure. Um, all right. So the, the number one myth, I think, in, in the wealth management business is that money is the end in itself. The goal is to build wealth. And yes, that is certainly a goal. And make no mistake about it, I love helping clients and friends and family grow and build wealth. Um, but I believe that that money isn't the end in itself. It's just a tool. It's simply a tool or a mechanism to help people live the life that they value most. So I encourage all of my clients, and I, I help them through this process, uh, to do some pre-work before we even start thinking about the investments. And that is diving deep into their values. What is most important to them and why? What makes them tick? What does a fulfilled life look like? Because just investing for the sake of growing a, a, a pool of wealth, to me, isn't aligning your values with your goals, with who you are, and, and then the, the, the money that follows. So why are we investing? What is your why? And I, I think that's a critical component that a lot of investors are actually missing today. That's great. And you're How about another one? And Do we have time for another one, Lisa? Yeah, and you can. But when your first one, this is where your critical thinking comes in, right? Absolutely. So with your first one. So what's another one that you'd like right. to talk about? So so the the other one is that um, it's all about investing in the right things at the right times. A, a lot of investors seem to be very interested in, in timing the market just right. And I'm going to tell you from my perspective, that tends to be a fool's errand. Um, very hard, if not impossible to do. But I'm going to tell you what is an even bigger risk to investors is their own human nature. Hmm. Our human nature makes us really bad at investing. So these characteristics that make us human that have allowed us to survive and thrive as a species for, for thousands of years have actually put us in this position of being really bad at investing. And I'll give you a few examples. Yes, please. Um, okay. So we tend to have overconfidence and that can be very, very detrimental. We think we know something and we, our brains are pattern making machines. And sometimes we even see patterns that we, we, we swear are there, but they really don't exist at all. That can be very, very detrimental. Another one, which I, I love that it actually has a name and an acronym now, FOMO. I can't tell you how yeah. many investors have FOMO because they hear about their golf buddy or a, a friend or you know, someone from, from their country club is doing X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden, they, they feel like they have to jump on the bandwagon or else they're just going to be missing out. And it's going to be the best opportunity in the world. How could they possibly miss out? Uh, so the, these, these characteristics that are, they're make, that are so very human in nature, they really create a challenge when it comes to investing. So I always say investing is a long-term disciplined process. So we have to take that human emotion out of the equation or else we risk making some really 
bad decisions. That is very interesting. So FOMO works for everybody then, not just um, <laughs> not just the housewives wanting to be part of the um you know, their clan. And that's right. That's right. That's right. Now, we know when I was learning these topics in in behavioral finance, they they didn't call them FOMO. I I love that that's the new term today because you say it and people are like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's the desire to jump on the bandwagon. Right. So, you know, it's funny. You're in a, you know, you're in a crowded theater, Lisa, and someone pulls the fire alarm. And everyone immediately starts running out to the exit sign. You know, you don't pause and see if there's smoke or touch the walls to the door to feel if it's hot. You you just follow. It's her right. mentality. And we as humans, we have it. Our right. brain sense fear and we react. Same thing happens as it relates to the markets. Wow, that is very interesting. So, well, besides from your business... Um, obviously you're very passionate and love working with people, but what do you like to do for on your own for fun? What do you, what's your passion when you're not working? Oh gosh. Well, I, I really do love our local community here and I am, I'm such a joiner. I'm a lifelong learner. So I, I love joining organizations, uh, philanthropies, social organizations. So I'll start with that one. Um, I play in a Wednesday night ladies golf league and and none of us are really all that exceptional, but we we have a great time and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I also enjoy cooking. I enjoy spending time with my family. We have two rescue dogs, Zula and Finn that I love very much. Um, And as it relates to some of the organizations I participate in, I do believe in giving back and mentorship. That's something that is is critically important to me. I've been so fortunate to have several wonderful mentors over the years. So I believe in mentorship and reverse mentorship for that matter. but I've, I've uh, become very active in the Financial Planning Association of Michigan. I've actually chaired the Women in Finance Knowledge Circle for the past three years. This past year, I handed the baton to um, another woman, and I'm, I'm so excited to see what she does um, with the organization. But I believe it's so important for women financial planners to come together and create a community in you know, for ourselves. So earlier I mentioned that in the year 2030, some studies estimate that women will control 70% of the wealth in this country, yet only 23% of certified financial planners are women. So being a voice, being out there to encourage um, newer female planners to come into the profession, I think, I think it's so important. So that is something I really do enjoy in, in my free time. Um, also, I've co-chaired the Alzheimer's Association Spring Soiree for the past three years. That's, again, something that I've, I've had to take a bit of a step back from as my firm is growing. But uh, I've enjoyed the experience so much. And one of the things I love about working with local philanthropy is that so often the money that's getting raised in, in this instance for the Alzheimer's Association is helping caregivers in our community here in southeastern Michigan. That is really good. Let's go back to your, you said you, you like to um, mentor um, people. Yeah. Do you like the mentorship program? Do you have a formalized mental, mentorship set up with your firm? To um, help? So through the Financial Planning Association, the Women in Finance Knowledge Circle does have a former mentor, uh, formal mentorship program um, where there's a place on the website. So if there's any 
new female planners looking to get into the profession or newly starting in the profession, be sure to visit the FPA website. There's a place on there to request a mentor and you will get paired up with someone who is a more seasoned uh, financial planner and would love to help help you grow your business. And I, I, as I said, I always think reverse mentorship is really cool too. So some of the people that I've mentored have taught me new things that I've, I've integrated into my practice. So it really is fulfilling and it goes both ways. That is awesome. That's the, the old age. Always be learning. I couldn't right. agree more, Lisa. You're right on. Right. Oh, that is awesome. What's um, one thing you want to tell your listeners about your business? Oh gosh, um, there's 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 so many things. Um, as it relates to my business, I believe that planning comes first and investing comes second. So so many times, if I sit with a prospective client or a new client, they're very eager to to show me their statement. They, they want me to see what they're doing, and that is important. And we always get to that. But before I look at those statements, before we even talk about investment management. We have to know the fundamentals of the financial plan, which is that why that we talked about earlier, the right. goals, the various pieces. So my approach is very holistic. I, I don't operate in silos. I believe we have to look across all different, all the total, the total um, span of someone's life to really understand all the components of it from their family structure, their family dynamic, their risks, identifying certain risks, their tax situation, their financial goals, their other goals, their personal goals, their charitable intentions, estate planning goals. All of those things are so critical to understand before we actually developed an investment strategy. Um, so I'm, I'm a firm believer in planning first, investing second. Uh, if you just gave me $5 million and said, Nicole, here's a check, invest this, I wouldn't know how to invest it for you. I wouldn't know what to do until we had those conversations up front. So I do adopt a planning, a planning first approach. And it, for the people that appreciate that approach, it really resonates with them. That's good. So it's building that relationship and really getting to know your clients. Absolutely. That has to come first before we even invest a penny of the money. Right. And it's so, you know, that's so important nowadays because people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So mm -hmm. building that relationship, getting to know your clients and letting them know that you are a trusted advisor. Absolutely. I view client relationships as truly a lifelong journey. So that's why it's very important to analyze the fit up front and, and make sure it's right from both perspectives. And I certainly understand that I, you know, I might not be everyone and be for everyone and everyone might not be for me. That's okay. If if someone comes into my office and we're just not a good fit, I'm always happy. You know, I built a wonderful community of, of fellow planners that I know quite well. And if I think someone else might be a better fit. I want a client to be successful and I'm happy to send them, you know, down the road to someone who, who could meet their needs better than me. So that um, leads me to integrity. Yeah. Yes. So that is awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming aboard and talking with us today and letting our listeners know a little bit more about you and about your firm how can our listeners learn more? How can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. So a few different ways. They can visit my website, prosperityws.com. 
that's a great way. You can sign up to receive my newsletter. I send out a quarterly newsletter. I promise it's not boring. Uh, so go check that out if you're at all interested. You can connect with me on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, or LinkedIn. Or my cell phone and office number is on my website. You can give me a call and say hello. I'd love that too. That is amazing. Well, thank you for your time today. And thank you for letting us, our listeners, learn more about you and Prosperity Wealth Strategies. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I hope to do it again soon. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Rochester. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnprochester.com. That's gnprochester.com or call 248-988-9640.